Hey, everybody. Thank you for downloading episode 108 of We Got This with Mark and Hal. This is the first of our two special Max Fun Drive episodes, and you're going to hear a couple times from us about what that means and how you can get involved. It's uh, the best time of the year to become a Max Fun member. But for now, enjoy episode 108 of We Got This with Mark and Hal. Hello, I'm Hal Lublin. And I'm Mark Gagliardi. Since the dawn of humanity, one issue has gone unsettled. With the fate of the world in the balance, we're here to settle once and for all. Best Money Python Song. That's right. Don't worry, everyone. We got this. Podcasts should have a theme song. Podcasts should not have a theme song. Yes, they should. No, they shouldn't. They sound good. Yeah, but people are just going to skip past it. Hmm. You know what? You're right. We got this. Oh, Hal, are you excited today? I'm very excited, Mark. We have quite the topic to discuss today. Yes. Uh, and we have quite the guest to discuss this topic with us. Yes. An expert in this particular field, I would say. Yes. Now, when we did Best Novelty Song, we got mm-hmm. uh, our friend Jonathan Colton to help us out. So what we like to do is bring in subject matter experts. So if we're going to talk about comedy music, uh, specifically Monty Python, perhaps the greatest sketch troupe ever to, to walk the earth, we need to bring in a heavy hitter to talk comedy music with us. That's right. And uh, there is no heavier hitter than our guest today. Have we built this up enough yet? We're really like this is – this is a really long drum roll. I feel like each of us is one of the timpani, and we're just going boom, 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 boom. Well, I have a marching band in the Vienna Boys Choir waiting outside, but I can cancel Ooh. that if you want. How very Monty Python of you. Yes. <laughs> uh, our guest, of course, is Weird Al Yankovic. Hey, guys. <laughs> thanks for joining us today, Al. My this point? is very, very exciting. Thanks for joining. You're in my house, so thanks for joining me. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Uh, thanks for your hospitality. I am in New York. But it feels like you're here. Yeah. It does. <laughs> yeah. The Skype thing was very intimate. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going right into your ears and Ooh, nowhere else. I like it. <laughs> Nothing will bring two people closer together so than true. thousands of miles apart, but on the internet. That, that, that's how my tours go. Like, my family goes, why, why are you on tour? Like, oh, you, I, I see you on <laughs> Skype. What else do you want? Come on. Yeah. Do you set they up, see your face. Do you set up a specific time? When you Skype with your family when you're on tour? Um, not specific, just whenever I, you know, get off, you know, down to the show and down to the meet and greets and stuff like that, I'm back on the bus, then we yeah. do the Skype thing. You're just a sweaty heap. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever tried, uh, the board games via Skype? No, is that fun? I have, I have done it a couple of times. Uh, some lend themselves better than others. I like to um, do Yahtzee via Skype. Yeah. <laughs> Skype. Can I tell you, Skype Yahtzee is fantastic. It's the and I've best. played it on more than one occasion. <laughs> you, you can't see it, but I just got a full house. I'm just going to yeah. mark that down yeah. Yeah. on my sheet. <laughs> no, it's video Skype. Oh, I see. But you just do it mm-hmm. right under the camera. Right. Oh, you yeah. can't see it, but I don't want to. I'm afraid I'd knock my computer over, but, you know, trust <laughs> just me. Just trust me. It was five yeah. sixes. Um, Ridiculous. <laughs> so let's talk some Monty Python. This was suggested by Jim Corbett uh, from our Facebook group. So thank you, Jim. Thank you, Jim. Thank you, Jim. Uh, are you a big Monty Python fan, Al? Like, tell, like, when did you first encounter Monty Python? And 
Absolutely. I, I don't name check Monty Python nearly enough because uh, usually when people ask for my musical influences, I, I reel off my uh, my Mount Rushmore of comedy, which would be uh, Stan Freeberg, Spike Jones, Alan Sherman, and Tom Lehrer. Yeah, sure. But but, wow. Mon- but Monty Python is is right there with them. I mean, you know, I, I was obsessed with them all through my teenage years. I remember when they first came on TV in the States, which was on a, on PBS. Yeah. And that was a big deal. I mean, you know, this is the days obviously before, you know, VCRs and anything like that. So we you had to be there when it aired and it was like... Um, you know, every, everybody in my high school, all the nerds at least, <laughs> were glued to their TV sets during that half hour that Monty Python was on. And it became sort of, you know, I, I don't know how much it is with, with nerds of the present era, but when I was a, a teenager, it was like, you know, Monty Python lyrics and sketch lines. I mean, that was like a whole vocabulary. That was how, oh, yeah. how we spoke to our friends. <laughs> that, I, I went through the same thing, and I'm sure you did too, Mark. It was probably when mm-hmm. I was about 12. Right. And I started watching the films and, and I'd seen it a little bit on PBS, but then MTV started running, uh, Monty Python. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And I, and so I just, you just start ingesting it really, really quickly because it was on every night and it just became the people who knew who the Knights Hussainik were and the people who didn't. <laughs> yeah. It was very like, that's a, it still is sort of like, if somebody's not a Monty Python person, you just go, oh, well, they probably haven't seen them yet. Yeah. And that's I, why. I had mm-hmm. all the albums. I remember when uh, Holy Grail came out, uh, it wasn't playing anywhere near our house. And um, uh, when uh, my mom and I went to uh, Cal Poly San Luis Obispo for my college interview, it was playing in the student union. And, and, <laughs> I, and I begged my mom to let us stay, stay over one more night just so I could watch <laughs> Monty Python and the Holy Grail. It's kind of a was that the over. moment you decided that that was the school you were going to attend? Kind of like, okay, these guys are cool. <laughs> yeah. I don't know anything about the classes, really. Or the they, they play good movies. But they show. <laughs> what, uh, listen, I like Yale just fine. You have really nice grounds. Yeah, what films but San Luis Obispo. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I feel like, uh, where I grew up, you were, you were divided into the kids who knew about Monty Python and the kids who knew everything about Tennessee Vols football. So I love this idea. Football, that, what's like, that? <laughs> yeah, it's, turn on your TV on Sunday. Okay. A big game. Actually, there's a lot of really great commercials with uh, game interruptions every few minutes. Was oh, that the Lady that. Gaga show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. From the roof. I'll check it out. Her part was uh-huh. really short. They need to expand it. Dear networks, <laughs> never write letters like this. I was very disappointed with the amount of Lady Gaga on her own show. How much are you paying her? Maybe you could cut a deal. You're sincerely a person who's probably in jail right now. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So jumping in, we have a long list here. This is put together by our tireless researcher, Kate McManus. Thank you, Kate. We do, yes. Yes, Thank you, Kate. This is pretty exhaustive, I got to say. Yeah, I mean, this is, uh, this is, by my count, every single song that has appeared in a, like an original piece that has appeared in a sketch or in a film or in their later albums, because that was really where they got into more original compositions. Yeah. Like they're, mm-hmm. they're certain hallmark, like their Mount Rushmore of songs are probably things people know either from the films or from the sketches, but they've done uh, an entire album or two worth of songs outside of that. Right. Did you guys, uh, did you guys have that album, the Monty Python sings growing up? Uh, maybe not growing up. They came out in the eighties. Yeah, I, I guess in yeah. the, the one that came so out. In I, the 80s. I was a full grown adult <laughs> when that came out. But, but, but I, when I, Al, aren't you always growing up? Don't we <laughs> like true. to think that we're all spending until the day we die, we're growing yeah. up, Al? But I had all the other uh, Monty Python albums. The, uh, mm-hmm. the, I got them uh, at a secondhand shop in, uh, in Downey. Uh, and I remember the, uh, the three sided album. That was a big deal. 
No. The matching tie and handkerchief. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I know the album, but I didn't realize. How did they do a three-sided album? It, it was crazy. And I still have, you know, I got rid of most of my vinyls, sadly. My wife said, you got the CDs. Why do you need the vinyl? <laughs> yeah. Ooh, but I, I, kept, I kept the Monty Python album because I've never seen this done anywhere else. One side was regular, and the other side was a two-sided album, meaning depending on where you drop the needle on the record, that's what groove it would play. It was two interlocking grooves. Oh, wow. And it's just by randomly it would play either one version of that side of the record or the other, and you never knew. How? <laughs> I had heard about That's this. Uh, I didn't know that they, that they'd actually succeeded in releasing it. I know at one point they were trying to do the original idea was to do four sides on one side of an album. Well, that's just crazy. Yeah, right. <laughs> Look, this that's is unnatural. Come on, come on, that Chapman Cleese at gate all to Hades itself. Yes, you can't have that. <laughs> Not from our music. Um, so I feel like the I, I have an idea of how to attack this. Mark, I don't know what your thoughts are. My original thought was go, uh, by, by property. You know what I mean? Start with, uh, start with Flying Circus, then move on to, uh, previous record, Holy Grail, contractual album. If, if you want to do it in little chunks like that. Oh, geez. But I'm up for however you guys want to do it. I mean, we could go in chronological. Which and and let me just uh, preclude all this by saying that while I'm almost positive I've heard <laughs> all these songs at one point in my life, I may not remember all of them because, you know, I've lost a lot of brain cells over the years. Mm-hmm. Sure. No, I hear you. Look, if you just pulled matching tie and handkerchief out, you know enough of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So the, the first song that I have on this list is uh, the Lumberjack song. The Lumberjack song. Yes, mm-hmm. Which, um, uh, a a song about uh, uh, proud transvestitism. Yes, uh, every single there there are several versions of the song, and it always segues from a different sketch, which is kind of fun. Yeah, and they they handed it off. It was originally Michael Palin in the original sketch, where he was a barber. He was a really bloody barber, right? <laughs> who wanted to be a lumberjack, but then Eric Idle took it over. He did it at uh, live at the Hollywood Bowl and a lot of the live albums. But then um, the concert for George Harrison. Michael Palin came out in a really flashy tuxedo and gave this speech, uh, which wasn't going well. And then he stopped halfway through and tore off the tuxedo to reveal oh, his plaid shirt and suspenders mm-hmm. and performed uh, once again uh, the original Lumberjack performing the song. It's, it's always just a, a really jarring segue. I think the one that I remember the most was um, on one of the studio albums, I think, where uh, – and I, I can't – I don't remember who was doing it, but it was a, just a weather forecast. <laughs> and I was, I was like, I never wanted to be a weatherman. <laughs> yeah, it's always the most jarring segue, but also it works with anything. Right, right, right. <laughs> Which, I mean, that was a whole, you know, Flying Circus thing was like they always try to have links between all their sketches. So most of the links were just random kind of non sequitur links, which worked perfectly. Yeah. And they did it in the albums, too. Yeah. Like they're put in their links and they – they're really bizarre, but I, like every sketch group that's come after them that's tried to make those sort of connections, like Mr. Show's done, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, it always feels like that's the goal. And and I feel like when they're interviewed and they say, well, we never really watched Monty Python, that they're lying. Yes. I oh, sure. accuse all of them. <laughs> J'accuse, you are lying? Yep. How could you not know? First of all, wear that badge proudly that you went home every afternoon and watched PBS. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's a badge of honor to know these songs. I used to listen to public radio uh, when I got home in high school because I liked the jazz. It calmed me down. (laughs) At that point, I was like, I'm 16. There's no way life will ever get more stressful than this. I just need to practice self-care. I I had to make sure that my my, uh, parents never saw Monty Python because sometimes on the TV show, there'd be naked ladies. This is true. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) If if, if that had gotten out, I probably would have have been barred from watching Monty Python. (laughs) I remember the sketch where Eric Idle is uh, a couples therapist. 
And Michael Palin brings his wife, who I think was, was played by Carol Cleveland, in with him, and she's very attractive. And it becomes very clear as Michael Palin is talking about his problems that the two of them are flirting, and they go behind a screen and have sex while Michael Palin's like, you know what? I am going to be strong. I am going to stand up for myself. <laughs> and meanwhile, he's being cheated on right in front of his face. <laughs> so... Uh, beautiful thing. Yes. We love you, Monty Python. So that makes us love the Lumberjack song. Yeah. I mean, this is certainly a finalist. <laughs> yeah. We're going to talk about Absolutely. the best. I knew this song before I knew who Monty Python was because my friend sang this just, you know, like schoolyard singing. This was one of the, this was one of our, this was like our John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt. Right. Was the Lumberjack song. It's a good sing-along song. I mean, it's something that mm -hmm. it's easy to learn. It's yep. got a good chorus to it. It's repetitive. <laughs> yep. So it's one of those kind of songs that gets stuck, stuck in your head and easy to sing in a schoolyard. Yeah. What do you think, um, music, while I have you here, what do you think makes a great comedy song outside of it being really funny? Um, well, I, I, you know, I've got rules for what makes a good parody, which is a little bit, uh, uh different than just doing a, uh, um, a comedy song. For, for, for parodies, uh, my number one rule is it needs to be funny even if you're not familiar with the original source material. Right. Because if it's, mm -hmm. if, it's all, if it's all dependent on knowing what it's a parody of, then it, it's not, you're, you're just doing reference comedy. You're not doing like real jokes. There, yeah. uh, Monty mm -hmm. Python's done a number of, of, of uh, parodies. Uh, I'm sure they're on the list here. Yes. Uh, and I thought they were very funny and several of them I had no idea they were parodies of something else. Yeah. I, uh, was listening today to All Things Dull and Ugly uh -huh. off of their, uh, mm -hmm. off of their contractual obligation album where, which is basically a children's choir singing what sounds like a church hymn. Uh, talking about all the ugly and terrible things in the world and saying that they're there because of God. So what, what should be a praise to God actually sounds like a, this is your so fault. So was it, was it your, right. all things bright and beautiful or something I, like maybe that? Maybe so. But all things bright and beautiful, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's an actual thing which I would not have known. And, you know, raised Jewish. and I just, I just glanced down at the list here and something, I just learned something in the last half hour, uh, set on my face was a parody apparently, yes. which I had mm -hmm. no idea about that. Yes, yes, that is the original, uh, song for that is, Oh, I have it here. Do I have it here? I uh, here do. it is. A parody of uh, 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 oh, Sing, Sing As, as we, we Go by there. Gracie Fields, which yes. I'm not familiar, familiar with that song. but Me neither. But it sounds like one of those World War One sort right, of right. like. Of the parodies for me, it was I, the first time I ever heard uh, the Chopin piano piece without the lyrics. I thought it was an instrumental version of the song Oliver Cromwell by Monty Python. Uh -huh. <laughs> I didn't know that there was a version of it that didn't have those insane very dense lyric. <laughs> <laughs> that is the uh, the thing about Monty Python, though, is so many the, these songs gap, or they bridge the gap for so many different styles of music. So there's folksy. Uh, there's one in particular, the background to history, which is supposed to be a BBC special on what is it, medieval, uh, medieval, medieval open field farming. Yes, medieval open field farming, but each professor that speaks it's just a song so the first one is like a bob marley song the second one is a gary glitter song and the third one is like a beatles end of hey jude song that that i guess neil <laughs> innes helped uh helped write uh -huh. but it's, <laughs> it's just like they fit three different songs into one sketch and it makes sense and <laughs> and if you sit listen to the lyrics it's about medieval uh open field farming wow yeah, I'm not that familiar with British music hall, uh, that whole, uh, genre, but it, was, it seems like they're kind of influenced by that a lot in their songwriting. Yes, for sure. For sure. They're all very, all of, especially all of Eric Idle's tunes, because Eric Idle did a lot of the composing on these. Right. His tunes are so catchy. Yeah. Yes. 
Uh, I, I should put in a, a little factoid here. Uh, uh, Eric mm-hmm. Idle works with John Dupre a lot. Who, uh, John Dupre has done a lot of Monty Python stuff. Mm-hmm. And John Dupre I got to work with. He actually did the score for my movie UHF. So I've got that connection. Oh, very cool. Oh, that's awesome. Did you, uh, when he was brought on, was he brought on knowing like, oh, he's a Monty Python guy? Well, yeah. So, that, yeah. <laughs> I was very excited about it at the time. I still am. <laughs> that's awesome. Have you ever performed with any of the Pythons? Oh, hmm, good question. I don't think so. I've, I've bumped into to Eric a number of times. I was on the same show as him. I, we both did Penn and Teller's Sin City Spectacular. Nice. Uh, but I don't, I can't say that I've actually performed with a Python, which is a, a good bucket list thing. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. A little bit of trivia there. Yeah. We, <laughs> this is our new podcast, Things Al Hasn't Done, <laughs> where we give you the inside facts <laughs> on Weird Al. Um, so Mark, yeah. You know what? Rather than going through this, I feel mm-hmm. like this is going to come down to a few finalists. So right. I think we can talk about some honorable mentions and then sort of get into the meat of it. Let's that do that. Good? That sounds good. Okay. I think that sounds great. I think this will be the – That sounds uh, awesome. Yeah. This is, you want to – you guys, this sounds like – it's it's bigly. This is this what we've just done. <laughs> yeah. We're going to sit here for 30 minutes talk about here comes another one. No, there are a bunch. <laughs> we'll we'll uh, do a roll call for the, for the section that we'll call the aptly named Sir Not Appearing in This Film. Um, I, th- and I think here comes another one and, and I like traffic lights fall into that because it's just a repetitive. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I don't know if I like traffic lights gets an honorable mention because it is, <laughs> I like traffic lights is designed to be unlistenable and it succeeds on all levels. And is, is it just a, a UK thing? Do they actually say the lights turning amber? <laughs> 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 I is, don't know. It is a cultural lesson. It, yeah, I mean, I didn't know what a pram was until I heard uh, Knights of the Round Table. Yeah, <laughs> I sure. But you know. do know that that knight does like to push it a lot. I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I actually thought that that lyric was pram a lot. I don't, and then now I realize it's not. What is the pram? Please tell me. Oh, a pram is a baby carriage. <laughs> Are you learning to something new today? <laughs> I really am. Pushing this a pram is, is pushing a baby carriage. I know they call uh, dustbins. That's what they call trash right. cans, and that's where it stops. The lift, the loo, and the dustbin. There you that's go. All, that's all I know. Uh, that's, that's all you, all need, you to know. need to know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there are a couple songs here that I think would not be finalists because they are offensive. Uh, never be rude to an Arab? Never be rude to an Arab. <laughs> Comes oh, to mind. Yeah. <laughs> that one kind of jumps out. Sure. <laughs> I, I just listened to that recently, and I was like, whoa. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, and I remember my my memory of it was that at Hollywood Bowl before he said the N word that they blew him up. Oh, before! But, but I guess they I guess he said it and they kept dragging him off stage, so he got the uh, word out every time. Wow! <laughs> of course he did. And it's look, it's one of those things where it's not. And it's the hard R. It's not. It's, you know. Oh no! I, yeah, I mean his, his British accent is there, but you know he's not. Yeah, he's not trying to be like down with people. Right. He's just right. he's just throwing it out there. It is like one of those things of of trying to take the power out of a word. Yeah. That's filled with mm-hmm. hate, but it's also hard when it's a white dude. That's yeah. Like, Don't worry, I'll take care of yeah. this. Everybody else. <laughs> finally, finally, you have a voice, and it's yes. me. An Oxford-educated white guy <laughs> from Great Britain. Um, I would argue, though, about that. Um, going back to the Lumberjack song, yeah. with uh, with this song, Never Be Rude to an Arab, that is designed to deliberately be offensive. Right. Um, sure. Looking at the Lumberjack song in 2017, 
it is, it's sort of quaint in its mentality. What with, uh, the way the world has moved in the last, what, 40 years since that song came out. Sure. So there are, there, it, it, there's an argument for that song being, uh, a little undeliberately unwoke. Does that make sense? Yes. I, I Let's say it, it does. Yeah. That it's like the, like everybody's, uh, mm-hmm. all of the Mounties are disgusted by it or yeah. confused at the very least. The Mounties right. are not woke. Yeah. They're <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. As an organization traditionally, yes. the Mounties have not been woke. It's very yeah. new. So I think it, it, the RCMP really needs to start going the way of the Boy Scouts. Yes. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Um, but another song I would put into that category is I like Chinese, which isn't terribly offensive. Sure. You know, I, my, my, my daughter, I, I have to uh, teach my daughter about Monty Python. She hasn't seen the movies. She's her, she's not, just not, not, not been exposed. So I, I right. played a little bit of uh, Monty Python <laughs> in the car just like yesterday. Yeah. And the first thing she heard was, I like Chinese. And she just, she said, this is so racist. <laughs> she, she couldn't believe it. She couldn't believe it. And, uh, but and, the, and then this... the next song was Eric the Half of B. And she was like, I give up. I don't want to hear anymore. Oh no. Oh. She, she, I, I don't know. I'm like, whose daughter are you? <laughs> <laughs> what? I, mean, I want a DNA test. <laughs> this, uh, <laughs> what is it? 23andme.com. Yeah. Our new, our new sponsor. <laughs> Find out if that's your daughter. <laughs> this can't be right. Yeah. That's their new tagline. This can't be right. That's <laughs> the Maury Povich of the internet. Um, oh, jeez. Uh, let's talk about Eric the Half of B. Okay, let's. Because, uh, Eric the Half of B is, it is to me such a sublime example of what those guys do so well, which is be incredibly, incredibly smart and play incredibly dumb. Yeah, that, that's something I say all the time, but that's something that I, that I try to bring to my comedy is that, that, that fine line between smart and stupid. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, and, and that was a big part of my, uh, inspiration from Monty Python because they were extremely bright people. Uh, their material was very smart. And at the same time, they could get really, really dumb. Yeah. And it sort of mm-hmm. excused the dumb humor because you knew that it wasn't dumb comedy. They were, they're right guys. So their smart sketches earned them the right to do exactly. a dumb song. Exactly. Uh, to make a rhyme out of A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is the single dumbest rhyme in the Monty Python camp. Yeah, but I have to ask, I was gonna, I was gonna, uh, Google this, but who is Cyril Connolly? Anybody know? Oh my god, oh. I looked it up last night. Oh, you did? Yes. <laughs> Cause I don't know. I don't even think it's, I don't think it's in the, no. Not Semi Connolly, but Cyril Connolly. Cyril Connolly. Uh, I Cyril, so Cyril Connolly was a literary critic, uh, for the magazine Horizon, and he wrote a book, uh, called Enemies of Promise. Which, uh, was a combination of literary criticism and an exploration of why he failed as an author. I should have known that. (laughs) I should have known that. I love the idea of writing a book about how you are not a successful author. Yeah. See, not, not many people make Cyril Connolly references in their songs. No. Right. That's that's like, you can, that's how you can tell it's pure John Cleese. Yeah. Just that the level of intellectualism in it. Uh Uh-huh. Cause his, those, his two big ones are that and, Oliver Cromwell, Oliver Cromwell, which right. is just Oliver Cromwell's resume, yeah. <laughs> which is bizarre. I mean, I listen to it. It's funny, but uh, it's definitely – It doesn't even rhyme. Yeah. Half a B is sillier for me, which is why I like it It's more so random, much. yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, another one – all right. So let's go through some other ones. I, I think a lot we're of giving, We're just Brian, we're just shouting out honorable mentions yeah, now, yeah. right? I think a lot of Life of Brian's not going to make it to the end. Um, the penis song, well, it's very funny. To me, it's a little bit Gilbert and Sullivan uh, style, just because of the. Do you mean life. meaning of life? 
Yes. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Meaning of life, not life of Brian. Um, mm. Yeah. He's no, now, was it. that supposed to sound like Noel Coward? Yes, that's right. That was his Noel Coward. Yeah. Piece. Yeah. Right. Where he's, <laughs> it's just, and it's oh, not you. Noel Coward. Yeah. <laughs> It's nothing like him playing that song and then a bunch of people just, yes, yeah, this is very yeah. good. <laughs> very polite this clapping. So do it for people. Very clever, very clever. <laughs> uh, let's see. What else do we have from, uh, from Meaning of Life? We've got, uh, it's Christmas in Heaven. Christmas well, in Heaven, I feel like relied on a visual gag too much. Yes. So did the accountancy shanty, even though it mm-hmm. kind of works. It, if you don't have the giant, uh, corporate takeovers happening in that, uh, the Meaning of Life, which is the credit song, while well, it's a good song, I think um probably the probably the song that's going to come out of that film is Every Sperm is Sacred. Yeah, the Galaxy song is also Oh yeah, absolutely I got to say I love the Galaxy song. I I would say those it. two may make it out to the finals for me. I listened to it today and I can't remember it. The Galaxy song? I can't remember it at all. Uh it's I, I feel like, is that an Eric Idle song yeah. it feels like it. Yes. It's, it is. Yes, it's it is. Whenever Life Gets You Down, Mrs. Brown, the when he's when they're walking through the the field of stars. Okay. Uh it, but it, it doesn't really have a hook because it's just uh, about how the universe is rapidly expanding and how, how many million miles an hour we're moving. So it isn't very hooky unless you memorize all these facts. Yeah, all these astronomical facts. Have you have you seen the new version of this song? Oh, no. Uh, is it updated with the new scientific uh, information? So uh, close. It was uh, it was debunked on video by uh, a noted English scientist. At which point in the video, Stephen Hawking barrels over him in his wheelchair. <laughs> and then Stephen Hawking, using his robo voice machine, sings the entirety of the song. And I believe it's the original lyrics. He says, uh, quit being so pedantic. And then, <laughs> and then they, they made an entire music video that is Stephen Hawking in front of a blue screen. And they are moving the camera around to make him look around, a la Star Wars. That uh, sounds just great. Just flying around in a field of stars. That sounds great. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. Uh, the co-writer in the Galaxy song was John Dupre. Nice. Nice. So there you go. Paying off of UHF right. fame. <laughs> um, okay, let's see. Some other. I've got Two Legs, which is a Terry Gilliam piece where he talks about his legs and then gets uh, both of them shot off on stage. It's cute, but it's not. I mean, it's not a finalist. Uh, that, med- that wasn't on a movie, right? That was just a, a live. That thing? was, yeah, a, was a, live at the Hollywood yeah, Bowl. It was just yeah. a Hollywood right, right, right. Bowl bit that he yeah. did. Um, and then the medical love song. Oh, what about, about the couple with VD. That- yes, it's <laughs> oh. like the grossest. I was listening to what, it. What was it? So what, snail tracks in my anus? Was that what? It was? Yeah. When when your spirochetes met mine, I don't know what spirochetes are. I don't know what most of them are. Uh, at one point, my favorite line is, "Your dobies itch my scrumpox." <laughs> Are those, are those medical terms? Apparently I think so. Graham Chapman, um, who was a doctor. Right, right, right. Uh, yeah. he, he went through all these and was like, yep, that's one. Right. That one too. Yes. These are all these yeah. <laughs> Dobies. What are dobies? That is another one. That's, that's a Harry Potter term, isn't it? Exactly. <laughs> sure. You just put a sock on it. You set it yeah. free and yeah. then it goes away. Yep. That's exactly. Um, <laughs> uh, what else do I have here that is not going to make the finals? I bet you won't play this song on the radio. Uh, yeah, it's clever. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly the, the non-censored version 
doesn't work because the whole thing is happening no. different. Is there an uncensored version? I don't know. I was listening to it and I was like, I think I've heard a non-censored version. Huh. But maybe there isn't because the whole point that would was. Be, yeah, that would be the whole, taking away the whole point yeah, of it. That would, that would be kind of dumb. <laughs> yeah. This was just cursing. Enjoy. <laughs> this version, I bet they will play it on the radio. Never mind. I should have stopped at the first one. <laughs> Never should have put these in. Um, what were you going to say, Mark? But I was going to throw out another one that I don't know if it's an honorable mention or a finalist, but it's one of my favorite super weirdo songs of theirs is uh, Henry Kissinger. Oh, Henry yeah. Henry Kissinger. <laughs> yeah. How I'm missing you. <laughs> what a perfect use of style. Yeah. Like in, in 1980 to do 1915 music yeah. and a song about being in love with – um, uh, that sack of flour, Henry Kissinger. <laughs> I, I, I still can't get over the fact that Henry Kissinger outlived Prince. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, look at Henry Kissinger. Oh, that's Is that really living yeah. what he's doing now? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's turning into that mountain from the Pixar short. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> um, I'll tell you what. We're going to talk more Monty Python songs in just a second, but we want to take just a few minutes to tell you about this year's Max Fun Drive. Oh, it's that time of year, Hal. Are you excited? I'm very excited. Are you excited? I'm excited, everybody. It's the Max Fun Drive. It only happens once a year. The Max Fun Drive is the point in the year when we ask all of our listeners to step it up a notch and join the team at Maximum Fun by becoming a monthly member. Yes, this network is run by donations from listeners like you. And this is the time of year to become a member, if you're not one already, or to upgrade your membership if you've already been supporting us for a while. Why? I'll tell you. We've got the best shows of the year all around. We're saving up the most primo content. And it's not like we've been dogging it before. So you're going to see an 11 out of 10 for the next couple weeks. We've got great thank you gifts, which we're going to go through in our next break. And it's really just a celebration of all the things Maximum Fun. And the best time to sign on as a member, okay? Absolutely. This is the time to do it. Don't wait. Uh, You, you know, you listen to us now and you think, yeah, I'm going to donate later on because, look, life happens. Something else is going to jump into your brain parts. But right now, we're what's inside your brain parts and we're telling you, joining Maximum Fun as a sustaining monthly member is going to make you feel so good that you are doing something uh, great for this podcast world that we hope has been bringing you joy. And I'd like to point out, um, first of all, to our new members who are joining this year, uh, thank you. To our returning members who might be upgrading their, uh, their plan from last year, double thank you. And to everyone who is just going to sustain their plan, uh, thank you to you as well. I, I can't thank our listeners enough, Hal. Yeah, me neither. Just so you understand. The, the donations that we've received over the last year from the 2016 Max Fund Drive have helped us get new equipment so we can sound better for you. Uh, they've helped us travel to different cities in the country to put on shows and, and meet more of the great Max Fund members, uh, all over the USA. So that's where the money goes. Uh, and, and all the different shows can benefit from your donations. And not only that, you're going to feel good every time you listen to a Max Fund show, knowing that you've donated and you've helped make that happen. Plus, this year, we've set what I would call an aggressive goal, which is 10,000 new and upgrading members. It's not impossible, but it's tough. The only way we're going to get there is with your help becoming a member. So it's on your yeah. shoulders in a good way. It's 
Yeah. So bear that burden, ladies and gentlemen, because this network is called Maximum Fun. This is not minimum fun. This is not medium amounts of fun. Correct. And for us to have the maximum amount of fun on the Max Fun Network, we're going to need the maximum number of people. And that is 10,000 new and upgrading members. Now, how do you go about donating? It's very simple. You go to MaximumFun.org and click on Donate. That's it. Select the membership level that's right for you. Uh, you'll provide a credit card, some other basic info. You've all done that part before for a million websites. But what you haven't done on a million other websites is click a little button that says you listen to We Got This with Mark and Hal. Uh, you will have that opportunity when you donate. That is, uh, to make sure that, uh, everybody at Maximum Fun knows what shows people are listening to and, uh, that the support gets to, uh, where you mean for it to get to. So go to MaximumFun.org, click donate, click we got this, click, uh, what, a million dollars a month? That seems like a fair amount. Yeah, you can do up to a million dollars or, you know what? If you're not as comfortable, you can start at a five dollar monthly donation. Five dollars a month? That's so easy. Yeah. That's, Are you sure? That's half a cup of coffee at Starbucks. <laughs> so instead of having that one overpriced coffee, maybe go to Dunkin' Donuts because America runs on Dunkin', not a sponsor. And you can you can donate that money directly to the network and benefit all the shows you love. So it's whatever you're comfortable with. And we'll go over some of the great stuff that you get at different monthly donation levels uh, on our next break. But right now. You can go and get started. You can go to MaximumFun.org and click donate. You'll be able to see all those great gifts. So you don't have to wait for us to lay them out for you. You can go yeah, right I mean, now and don't, get them. Don't, don't look at another webpage while you're listening to our show. Hit pause on the show, then do it, then come back. I don't want you to have to multitask. Yeah, we'll wait. See, that wasn't that hard. You paused, and we were waiting for you yeah. as soon as you came back. And now I it's know. Done. I went to Dunkin' Donuts and got that one cup of coffee a month that I have to get there now. How did you like it? It's fantastic. I'm going to go there every day. Oh, fantastic. not a sponsor. No, not a sponsor at all. Uh, the only sponsor that we have at We Got This uh, is made up of you, the people who listen and who were kind enough to donate money and specifically route some of it to us last time. And we know we have new users since then. This is the easiest thing in the world to do. So go do it right now. Benefit We Got This. Benefit the Max Fund Network. And uh, we'll tell you more about those gifts at the next break. And we're back. <laughs> that was quick. We'd like to keep it shorter. Thanks. Here, Al. We're not mincing words or pledge drives. Um, what else do we have that's going to sort of fall by the wayside? Uh, I, I, I'd like to throw out another one and see what you guys think. All of the ones that I like, I think are the ones that are these, these, uh, dumb, brilliant ones. And this one is, is the, it's so pointless. Uh, the Brian song from Life of Brian. Oh yeah. <laughs> is that sort of like a Shirley Bassey kind of thing? Yes. Brian. Brian. <laughs> a babe named Brian <laughs> grew up to be a boy named Brian, grew up to be a teenager named Brian. Uh, had one off the wrist, which I had to look up. Uh, what does that mean? Uh, it's a British term for masturbation. Okay. <laughs> okay. And then, sure. uh, and then became a man, uh, not a girl named Brian. I don't even think they ever call him a man named Brian. They just repeat, not a girl named Brian at the end. <laughs> now, is it a, it's not a parody of any specific kind of James Bond theme though, right? It's just kind of a pastiche. Yeah, just a generally Bondy right, right. kind of thing. Yeah, it gives it an epic feel. <clears throat> but again, it, it's it's funny, but I feel like without seeing those opening credits, 
Because aren't there a lot of weird... Isn't there, like, the baby falling through the sky and stuff? Isn't there, like, a Terry Gilliam animation over it? There should be, if not. Yeah, if not, can right? we get that created? <laughs> Terry, I know you're not busy at all, so please get on that. Um, I think there's one... The Money Song, I don't think, is a contender... It's a, it's a fun song. It's a, it's a, it's a list song. It's, uh, it, mm-hmm. it's, it's two things that I, that I do a lot in my music. It's a list song and it's an obsession song. Right. So it lists all the different kind of monies from all over the world. And it's also a song about a guy that's obsessed with money. So you put those together and it's the money song. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's clever and it, it's good, but it, uh, it, does it, is it on the Mount Rushmore of Monty Python songs? Probably not. If we're going for the top three or four, I'm going to say no. Okay. All right. Um, how about the Bruce's Philosopher song? That's another one. That's it's pretty good. Got the intellectualism, right? It's got yeah. great pacing. It's a drinking song featuring all the all the philosophers. Every, yes, John mm-hmm. Stuart Mill's in there. Uh, Emmanuel Kant. Yep, Idegger. Yeah, um, Socrates, of course, was permanently pissed. Yeah, very clever song. Yeah, is that and also one that they used as a uh, that they used as a sing along. In their live show. Right, right, right. Really? That it was, it was, yeah, they, uh, they. The words on the screen kind of thing? Uh, words on the screen with the bouncing ball. Right, the right. Audience. They slowed it down because <laughs> it's insanely fast right. and hard to, hard to do. Maybe, maybe that was one I had memorized at one point just because it was so complex. Like, oh, I've got to learn it. Sort of like we didn't start the fire. Uh huh, right. When you're, <laughs> when you're a 13 year old Jewish boy in the northeast of this country, you've got to learn all the words to we didn't start the fire. And now I remember none of them <laughs> except for trouble in the Suez. Yeah. I know that that had happened. I, I knew all of Tom Lehrer's The Element song at one point, but I, oh I, my God. <laughs> I, oh, oh that's great. Antimony, arsenic, aluminum, selenium, nitrogen, hydrogen, oxygen, rhenium, nickel, neodymium, about that much. And I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the, uh, the heirs apparent to that sort of song was Animaniacs. You guys remember that show? Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Animaniacs did so many great tunes that were, here is a list of things that you have to memorize, so might as well use our version of it. Did they have one that was all the U.S. presidents? Was that them? Uh, they had a president song, I believe. They had a uh, all the words in the English language, which is ridiculous. <laughs> uh, all the countries of the world listed in song. Okay. Uh, of which I remember uh, one of them going down on one knee and shaking his hands, Al Jolson's style to Gambia, Guinea, Algeria, Ghana. <laughs> That's racist. Yeah. We can't have that. We got to get it out of yeah. here. <laughs> Your daughter would not approve. Oh, no. This is not okay. Um, another one that's sort of a list song is the Decomposing Composers. Oh, that's another good one. Yeah, which is mm-hmm. just all these composers are dead. Yeah. Yeah. Does it talk about how they died or that they're falling I, Most, uh, I don't remember. <laughs> Mostly like he, he was living, now he's not yeah. <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah, that's the, the end of it is just going back and forth with the year before their death, something they were doing. They weren't doing it the year after that. I remember that one doesn't have like a really happy button. It just kind of ends on a really kind of sad, <laughs> depressing <laughs> note. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. And it just goes like, and now a Moroccan moose lodge where <laughs> Grimbly Fetterswap is going to be performing a selection from O Herald, All Ye Angels. <laughs> and then it's just a five minute fart. Um, <clears throat> so let's get into what, what about Finland? I really, there are a couple songs here that are not, they're most well known that I really like a lot. Finland is one of them. 
probably because it's a Michael. I'm a huge Michael Palin fan, mm-hmm. yeah. and that's like pure Michael Palin. Right, right. Um, but it's really just about how close it is to other countries. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's okay. It's, it's not densely packed with what you'd call facts. Yeah, right. No. <laughs> it's like not so far from Russia. <laughs> Lots of miles from Vietnam. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then it ends with, uh, for more information about Finland, please call the Wembleys of Nine Several Row, where they. <laughs> It's just an invitation to go to two people's home and look at their postcards of Finland. Um, but that's probably not a finalist. Let me, let me ask you guys something. Um, are any, are either of the songs from Holy Grail going to make it to the finals, do you think? Because in my opinion, they don't stand up to the rest of the songs. Holy Grail is, uh, is a, the Holy Grail of comedy movies in many ways. But, um, I feel like the Knights of the Round Table song, while it's good, and it did lead to a word that became its own entire musical. And the tale of Sir Robin, uh, is a good showcase for Neil Innes, who did a lot of stuff with them and should be touted as the seventh python. Do you think either of those is going to make it to the end? Thoughts? I, I don't know. I mean, they're both really good songs. It depends how, yeah. how, how much, how much are we uh, narrowing this down? <laughs> yeah, that is the, that is the question is what is a real, are we just sort of narrowing down contenders at this point? I think, I think at this point we can get to our top three. And, uh, oh, wow. Jeez, I, I don't think Sir Robin. Or top is. five. Sir Robin, cause Sir Robin works in a sketch. Right. Cause they right. talk about how brave he is before he meets, uh, the three-headed knight. Yeah, I, I like all the, mm-hmm. uh, gory descriptors and all that. Yeah. It's, yeah, sure. I like, like, like that kind of dark humor, but yeah, I don't know if it's top five. Yeah, it's, it's more than a sketch. The, nice now, round table's pretty iconic though. I yeah. don't know. It's so great. That's and true. They only had one day to shoot that. They shot it a right, one day. Right, right, right. Was it Castle Dune? Is that where they were? Castle um, Dune. But you think that it's that 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 one uh, may come through? All right, I, w- I would I would hold on to that. Yeah, one that's a hold. Now. It's pretty. That's great. a soft hold. <laughs> put, a, put a soft hold. We're gonna put a pin in it, a push yeah. pin, not a nail. Plus, it's got a great solo of a guy playing a bunch of helmets. Right, right. Yes, Helmet and a great solo. solo of a guy who <laughs> likes to push the pram a lot, which, yeah. as we have all learned, is a. Baby carriage. Stroller in modern Stroller, yes. Yeah. Whenever I don't know a British word from now on, I'm going to just assume it means stroller. Yeah. Just to get a nice <laughs> probably meeting. right, yeah. I did learn a term recently. Do you know what having a nosy is? I don't think so. Mark, do you know? Uh, I'm going to guess it's trolling someone's internet. <laughs> <laughs> good guess. It's a good guess, and it's right. No, uh, it means uh, to have a look around. Oh, having a nosy. Yeah. I'm going to go just have a nosy. Yeah. Let's have a nosy over there. All right. You might have been having All a nosy. Right. <laughs> I'm going to have a nosy on your Facebook page. I'm sticking with it, guys. I'm sticking with it. <laughs> it still works. It still works. All right. So we're going to keep that one. Um, All right. Here's the other lesser known one. I'll throw it out there now because I, I don't know if anybody else will take it, which is I'm so worried. You know, it's – what's – <laughs> it, it's not a great song, but I have to say that every yeah. time the false ending comes back, it cracks yeah. me up. The false, yeah. the false endings make that song. I just played it for my wife yesterday who had not heard it before, and she was in tears at how hilarious. And it actually, if you listen to it, it still works today because the first thing he's worried about is the Middle East. Yeah, yeah. It's all stuff yeah. that hasn't – It's timeless. Yeah, it hasn't changed. He's worried about the same things. And then a friend of mine who travels to London a lot – 
uh, I shared it with her for the first time, and she was laughing at that because she goes to Heathrow a lot. The baggage at Heathrow. They do have a problem with their baggage system. It's apparently <laughs> a big issue. <laughs> I look at that song, and I look at um, I look at the other Terry Jones song on here, which is I like traffic lights. And I feel like anytime Terry wrote a song and went into the room, with the other guys was like, "Raw right, fellas, I know why we're really gonna upset the audience now." <laughs> We want them to break the record in half. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and get to that third side that we liquefied inside. <laughs> um, yeah, so I guess it's not a finalist. I just love that song because it's some some of the songs that work within a sketch. To me, that song is a sketch. Now it has to be on purpose, but when when they come back from the false ending, and he, he's so out of time with yes. <laughs> with the rest of the music, is that <laughs> I'm tr- I'm trying to figure out if that's good or bad because it's it's not, it's meant to be the whole song's meant to be irritating, yeah, and that certainly is. It's, I was I, again, I was listening this morning. Just I've just been sort of binging everything, just sort of hear it a bunch and get familiar with it again, and that. I, it makes me nervous to hear him so off on the time. So I'm like, did he record it separately? Did the musician? Oh, good, they got there. They finally yeah. made it. Yeah, but <laughs> he, he's got he's got to know he's off. Yeah, I mean, there's no Somebody way. Somebody must have told him. Yeah, oh, could he not hear? Where his yeah. headphones not working? What? It was the it was the end of the reel to reel tape. They could not do another tape. <laughs> <laughs> so that's all we got yeah, we, we'd have to open up a new role come on <laughs> these are still sealed <laughs> have you guys heard the demo for that that's more of like a country western no um Mm-mm. where'd you find this it's on one of the re it's on the re-release of the contractual obligation album like where, a, a bonus track kind of thing yeah it's oh. a bo- one of the bonus tracks and it's got like a real like like interesting beat now, and, now, does it, it did the, uh, did, is the John Denver song on that? Because they took that off of, uh, that album. Oh, I think, I think maybe they did put it back on as a mm-hmm. bonus. Really? I feel like I've seen it, I've seen it on Spotify. Did, did, did John Denver's estate say it was okay? <laughs> I guess <laughs> to, so. To, to do that. They finally <laughs> John Denver it's, parody. I mean, it was a pretty grim song. They, they got rid of that song well before even John Denver's accident, right? This oh, was yeah. just, mm-hmm. yeah, John Denver's like a it. gruesome yeah. song from day one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like, how do you, how do you, I mean, you do if you're Monty Python, but he just looks like the world's nicest dude. Yeah. How are you going to pick on John Denver? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he did the thing with the Muppets for guys. Yeah. That's one of those things where you're like, oh, it'll be okay because everybody will know he's such a nice guy. Right. Mm-hmm. But then you don't realize, oh, maybe, maybe he actually won't like it. <laughs> right. <laughs> maybe he won't. It's get a tribute. It's an homage. Come yeah. on, John. <laughs> you don't get it? We're erecting a statue to you out of music. <laughs> you should be enjoying this. Putting you on a pedestal. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, Al, can I ask you a question? Um, m- m- jumping back over to what you do. Have you ever had an artist go, please don't do that song? Um, it, it, it's very rare, but that, uh, that has mm. been the case a couple times and mostly in the early part of my career because nobody, uh, knew who I was because I had no track record and they didn't know who this weird Al character was, was what, what I was all, all about. Um, recently in the last couple decades, not so much, uh, Prince famously never let me do anything. Yeah. And there's, ah. and there's been a small handful of people, uh, throughout the last 35 years that have said no, but, but more often than not, people actually, you know, think it's a tribute. Yeah, it's yeah, it's like an right. honor to have a weird outside. Was it 
was it Madonna who who came up with the idea for like she was like when's he gonna do like a certain yeah she, <laughs> she suggested it to her friend and, and the word got back to me and I thought yeah not a bad idea okay <laughs> let's, let's run with this oh it's fantastic I have to I do have to I can't not say that it's weird to be here recording with you considering. <laughs> That I had all of your albums on cassette, like growing up. Oh, thanks, man. I was man. right in that wheelhouse of, like, yeah. I've got to have every album. And, and similar to knowing Monty Python, it was like, you either knew Weird Al songs or you didn't like yeah. them. Well, and cassettes are coming weird. back. They're the, the hipsters are into cassettes. Are they really? It, crazy, isn't it? I was, uh, I was oh. at a, a shop, I think somewhere in that, uh, Echo Park or somewhere like that. Uh, and there was like a shop that sold nothing but like used cassettes. Like, oh yeah, the hipsters are really into the cassettes now. Like, what? <laughs> I can see albums. I can see vinyl because of, of the you know the audiophile quality. But yeah. cassettes are just horrible. Yeah, <laughs> like no, they're they're not good. Are they charging? Are they like it's twenty dollars for this <laughs> En Vogue tape from nineteen ninety? Right. You can you can erase it if you want to. You can you, you can yeah. pull. <laughs> you never know if it's going to get stuck in your tape drive. You never know. Yeah, you can sell. Yeah, you can push the fast forward button immediately on a cd and hear the song right away or press the fast forward button and the play button at the same time on a cassette and still have a good 30 seconds to think about your life <laughs> right and then you sell david reese's artisanal uh, sharpened pencils to wind it back yeah gives you time to reflect it's important yeah exactly <laughs> i can't believe that technology's coming back it's I'm waiting for eight tracks. That was yeah, I, I loved how yeah. they would fade out in the middle of long songs because every track was only like 10 minutes long <laughs> <laughs> so like Oh, nobody will notice if we just fade it all the way down, clunk, yeah. <laughs> and we'll fade it back up. Track two. Yeah. I, I went through a period. Is, like He's going to sleep on it. Is he going to love her forever or not? <laughs> I must know, Meatloaf. <laughs> I went through a period like 10 years ago where I was like, it would be cool to have an eight-track player and get some eight tracks. And then pretty soon after, I thought, why would I want to do that? Yeah. It's not mm-hmm. like it's going to – it's more like I want to have something cool – I, like the design, like the egg-shaped uh, eight-track players and stuff. It's not like it's a better sound, like you said. It's and yet I had an eight-track player in my car for all of my teenage and college years. <laughs> well, cool, because yeah, then that, that, that was, was what like, it was. Yeah, that was like the new thing. Um, yeah, for us it was uh, tapes and singles. The, the, the last major uh, release on eight-track, Michael Jackson's Thriller. Really? Yep. No oh, kidding. Goodness. So I, I just barely missed having an album on eight-track. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what? Your next album should be only eight track. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's sixteen track, eight track album. It's a it's a double eight track. Yeah. You know what really sucked? Edison cylinders. Those were <laughs> those were the worst. This song is etched in wax, like real wax. None of this vinyl wax. Don't call your vinyl wax. I'm going to put everything on 19th century music boxes. Yeah. It's just a, a copper uh, copper tube with a bunch of bumps on it. Yeah. It'll be great. No. I'm just handing out sheet music, Scott Joplin stuff. Uh, I like the oral tradition. I just like to teach songs to my kids, and then yeah. hopefully they'll pass it down through the generations. That's how music evolves. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, All right. Well, before we get to the finalists... Uh, for for the best Monty Python song. Let's take another quick break to remind you about the Max Fun Drive and all the cool stuff you can get by becoming a donor to the Maximum Fun family. Hal, you made a promise to our listeners on the last pledge break. That's right. You know what I do with my promises, Mark? You keep them. I do keep them. So, so yeah. you better tell us what these pledge gifts are. I've been dying to hear. I will. I'm going to lay them out for you right now. Here we go. Let me start by saying if you don't have a ton of money and you just want to give a little bit to the network, that's okay. You can donate as little as $5 per month 
And if you do and that, get all the bonus content, exactly. You get our bonus episode, not only ours, but every single show on the network that is participating in this drive will have an episode ready for you to download. But now let's go to the $10 level. And I want to point out, not only is this for new members to Maximum Fun, but also if you're an upgrading member and you're at the $5 level and you go to 10 or you donate at any of the higher levels, you will get all of the amazing stuff underneath. So we're just going to go, we got the bonus content at $5. $10 per month, you get a drive-exclusive enamel pin. And you're going to be able to select from one of 28 designs that represent the shows you love. Ours, my personal favorite, features a good old-fashioned slice of apple pie a la mode, which you may remember from our best pie episode featuring guest Colt Cabana, who oddly hated all pies. <laughs> <laughs> who may not have, in retrospect, uh, been the uh, the best person for that episode. But it was a wonderful, wonderful episode. That's right. Um, our We Got This Pin. is So why wouldn't you want to wear a little pin uh, with a slice of apple pie on it? People wear American flag pins all the time. Yeah. The world, the, all of the leaders of the country wear their American flag pins. You know what's n- more American than the American flag? Apple pie. So Correct. walk around wearing an apple pie. We got this pin and you'll be the most patriotic person in the world. That's right. Now, at the $20 level, you get a keep in touch kit. What is that? I'm going to tell you. It's nine custom note cards plus envelopes in three different encouraging designs designed by Brian Sonny D. Fernandez. You get a four color rocket pen, a getting there rocket stamp and a rocket shaped candle. Uh, and what is, why is that part of this kit? I'll tell you because you put a wax stamp on the back of the envelope. If you are a, uh, from the 19th century or earlier. Or, oh, man, I have been looking for one of these. No kidding. I went to the store the other day looking for a wax stamp. So there you go. And here's the best part <laughs> is you can just light the candle and turn off all the lights, put a feather on the back of that four-color pen. All of a sudden, mm-hmm. guess what you're doing? You're writing the Declaration of Independence by yeah. candlelight just like the Founding Fathers did. We'll That's right. And you know what else the Founding Fathers did? They wore flag pins. That's right. We wear apple pie pins, and we write our own Declarations of Independence. Yes, now, at the $35 per month level, you get all the stuff we talked about before. You get the the bonus episode, the enamel pin, and the keep in touch kit. But you also get a pair of rocket engraved beer mugs. These are high quality, very cool looking beer mugs. They're glass beer mugs. And they've got the Max Fund rocket. Hal does not even drink, and he's excited about these mugs. Imagine how elated I am to find out that you can get a pair of beer mugs. I will come to your house and fill them with beer, and we will toast to you. (laughs) And I'll fill mine with ice water, and I'll drink it in the corner, because I know my place. (laughs) So as we said, you can donate at a wide range of levels, whatever is comfortable for you. But you get different gifts at different levels, guys. So think about it, not only uh, how you want to support the show and the network, but which of those sweet swag options you want, because you can get a lot of stuff at the $35 level. So guys, this the drive is here. It's limited time. You're already thinking about making a donation, so go ahead and do it. There is no reason to wait. There will never be a better time for you to join the drive than right now. Yeah, do it now while you're thinking about it. I can't tell you the number of times I've looked at an email and gone, oh, yeah, I got to respond to that. I'll do it later. And then totally forgotten about it. Um, this is this is not one of those times to do that. Do it right now. We'll wait. Ready? Go. See, wasn't that easy? Now, let's get back to this episode of We Got This Already in Progress. And we're back. Whew. 
I keep it quick. Oh man. It's tight. Our brakes are tight. All right. They are. I thought I was going to get a chance to go to the bathroom. I'm sitting here really having to pee, guys. I told you to get the pens, Mark. I'm just going to the bathroom right now. Yep. He oh, is. Great. This is really uncomfortable. <laughs> Al's already got the depends. Oh, he's, I'm in, a, I, I'm in another state. I cannot help you, Al. <laughs> I, I don't want to look, but I can't stop. And neither can he. It's everywhere. <laughs> All right. Let's go to, uh, so how about sit on my face? Is that a that? finalist? Finalist. How about that? How about sitting on faces? You know, I like that. So, yeah, it might be. I, I think that's maybe the best uh, song about oral sex that Monty Python ever wrote. For sure. It's yeah. Top five at least. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I, I remember uh, I listened to that song a lot uh, for instrumentation when I did uh, uh, Harvey the Wonder Hamster because I wanted to have that kind of a marching <laughs> really? band. I love that song. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, and I don't want people to like run off, rush out to Wikipedia like, oh, that's, that's a Monty Python parody. It's, like, <laughs> it's, it's not. But, you know, I, I like to listen to source material to try to like, you know, I- inspire me for, for, you know, how to uh, arrange things in the studio. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it is great. And it works even with that. The, the funny visual, of course, when they do it live is they turn around and they're completely naked. Right. They're wearing mm-hmm. full tuxedos in the front. And well, that's the reveal. You don't know that till the song's over and they turn and walk away. Exactly. <laughs> um, I've also seen them do it where they're – are they dressed like waiters? Yes. In yes. 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 Okay. And they turn yeah, around. That, because I don't think I've ever actually seen any sort of setup to it. All that I saw was this – I've heard the song for years before I actually saw any visual – and when I saw the visual, I was like, sure, they're waiters. Yeah. Cause why not? <laughs> when you're in Monty Python, I guess you have to be okay with your body. You want to be the one guy going like, come on guys, we have to do that. Really? Yeah. yeah. Everybody else is doing it. Come on. <laughs> I feel like Terry Jones would be the guy driving that. Since yeah. He was the, since he was the naked organist. Yeah, the blackmail. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. That is a great sketch. <laughs> Um, so I think that's one that would probably, it's sort of an anthem of. Yeah, let's, let's put that on there. So let's put that up there. That is a finalist. Um, what about spam? Well, again, it's iconic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's more of a, for me, it's more of a sketch than a song. It's not really a song so much. Right? That, I, I felt the same way to, I look at it and it's like the sketch with the Vikings is hilarious, but hearing it just as a song, it yeah. feels. So, Almost too random. Right. So I would say, it, you know, it's maybe even the most famous Monty Python song, although by it's not so much really a song. I'd, I'd say it's it's one of their best sketches. Yeah. I'm not going to say it's one of their best songs. For sure. Oh, I think... Mm-hmm. I would agree with that. I think the song that people know, even if they don't know Monty Python, is always look on the bright side of life. Yes, absolutely. That's mm-hmm. sort of... Uh, that's the one song... That, that everybody knows. I'm trying to look on here for something else that is that famous. And I don't think. Yeah, I'm doing the same scroll and. We're all doing it right now. Yeah, we're, yeah. All, <laughs> we're all looking at paper. This is the great here. I'm going to add some sound effects. Mm. That's the sound of us rifling through our papers. We, we talked about every swarm of sacred. We got the lumberjack. It was the lumberjack song without our soft hold. Yes. So okay. We have lumberjack song. Every sperm is sacred is going to be up there for me with always look on the bright side. Okay. Of life. Yeah. So always look on the bright side of life. We've got every sperm is sacred. We've got the lumberjack song. Um, are there any others that we were going to bring? Oh, Knights of the Round Table. I think we wanted to pull that through. Maybe. Yeah. That's a maybe. Yeah. Are there any, are there any album songs then that come through or is it just, cause sometimes it's, it's, I always wrestle with the best versus my favorite whenever we do one mm. of these episodes of the right, wide right. field. And in this yeah. case, I wonder if, if we're not putting, is, is there a song that's the best that's not the most famous? Or is it that they're 
that their best song is their most famous. Yeah. Well, I think why. I think the Philosopher's Song would be up there for me too. I mean, that's okay. that's a really good song. Great. Mm-hmm. So so is that five finalists we have, Mark? Uh, right now, the finalists I have listed are Sit on My Face, Knights of the Round Table, Always Look on the Bright Side of Life, Every Sperm is Sacred, Lumberjack Song, and Ph- Bruce's Philosopher's Song. I think that's song. a so good that's half six. dozen. There that's you go. A good, yeah. All right, that's so the that's, power half dozen. Yes. Okay. So then uh, do we need to start – we need to start eliminating these. And we've already sort of oh, discussed them and their merits. I know. Now, we did, I didn't really talk about Always uh, Look on the Bright Side of Life so yeah. much. Uh, I, 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 I'm, this is not detracting from it anyway because it, it may wind up being the winner because it's sure. a great song. But it's, it's great in that uh, because of the context uh, largely, I think. Mm-hmm. Because if you, yes. if you weren't familiar with the scene in the movie – it's a fun song and, you know, it's a bright song and it gets a little dark, but yeah. th- what makes the song just great <laughs> is the context. Yes. Yeah. The juxtaposition yeah. of a bunch of people on crucifixes <laughs> who are being left to die and, 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 and a happen. lot of people on crucifixes. Oh, yeah. 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 Like as the, as the camera keeps panning out, it's just a, it, there's a lot of people up on that hill. It's at least a full men's choir's worth. Yes. Yeah. People <laughs> who are ready to doing die. harmony, four part <laughs> harmony. Yeah. Very well. Very well, too. We actually got to – Mark and I, a couple of years ago at DragonCon, uh, we did a stage show with uh, Paul and Storm um, and a bunch of other friends. And at the end, we did always look on the bright side of life. And Terry Jones, who was attending the con, came out and sang it with us. And he was under the helmet that he wore in uh, Holy Grail that he revealed himself. Uh-huh. And we sang it with him. And that felt iconic. But still, that song – I. It, it, uh, Eric sang it at the Olympics. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. The closing. Yeah, song. the closing of the Olympics. Yeah. So, uh, but again, it's it, you're you're right. It it does it doesn't it doesn't have the same punch. It trails off. I mean, as a yeah. song, it's 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 wonderfully catchy. Right. Um, but it's repetitive. It trails off. It's it doesn't have uh it's got the catchy hook but i don't know that it's got the musicality of some of these other songs no i don't i, I i'd hate to i'd hate to eliminate it cuz I, I really you know it's it's a great one it's i, I just it's want their to... single most iconic song yeah yeah i'll yeah, tell yeah. you what though i'll do you a favor and i'll eliminate it for what? you what Goodbye. Wow. Oh, Goodbye. Wow. I will say oh, that. My goodness. How could you? Ouch. Ouch. <laughs> that whistle hook was, uh, was Neil Ennis. That's right. Yeah. And George Harrison, I think there was another verse in it that he had them get rid of because he was a producer on Life of Brian. Oh, right, right. A huge Python fan, which is why in yeah. his tribute they did Lumberjack song. Neil, but, of course, also mm-hmm. in a Bonzo Dog Band and also in the Ruddles. So. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Amazing did, guy. There is a Bonzo Dog Band song on here. That oh, we, Urban Spaceman. Yes. But which that, is not really a Monty Python thing, but because Neil was there, he sang it. At, was it the Hollywood Bowl he sang yes, it? Yes, exactly. Yeah. So that is exactly why. Now we've even mentioned it. So for yep. those of you people love on the internet <laughs> to tell us the things we missed, <laughs> I feel like we got them all this time. Yeah. Uh, so now we're down. Then this the was a text conversation that Hal and I have been having today of like, all right, are we missing anything? <laughs> What's not on here? Do we want to do Urban Spaceman? No, we're not going to count Urban Spaceman. Not a Python song. What are we counting? So we – Dennis Moore. We didn't mention Dennis Moore. Probably um, don't need to. More of a sketch. Yeah, that's another right. one of the sketch. Great sketch. And yeah. it's a really fun to hear the song go to like Dennis Moore. It works right in context, but – yes. And right. John Cleese looks really funny in that in that uh, wig and mask as a highwayman. Um, lupins, okay. who are your lupins? <laughs> yeah. Not too many lupins. It killed the dog. <laughs> and so at the end, of course, he steals from the poor to get to the rich. Uh-huh. I wonder if we could, it, because we've used this now for always look on the bright side of life. I wonder if we can use your metric from earlier, Al, about um, 
it's got to be a funny song on its own. Right. The song, if you strip away everything else, in the case of parody, it's the original song. In the case of a sketch show, it's the sketch surrounding it. Um, so if we strip, are we stripping all of that away to look just at the songs? Well, should we? I mean, I think that's one way to look at it. We could certainly yeah. do that. Or do we want to look at them in, co- because in context, always look on the bright side of life is pretty perfect. But that's already been eliminated. Yeah, it's gone. Mark, why, <laughs> I are, you, know. why are you digging into the grave? Are you some grave robber? Uh, sad. You're making me sad now. Yeah. You know what? Considering it was a bunch of crucifixions, I'm calling you guys back in three days and we're putting that song <laughs> back on the list. I think, I think it's good to have some context, but if the, if, if the song being out of context removes, like, uh, removes the bulk of what makes it funny, then I think mm-hmm. it's, I, I think we want to leave it out. All right. Well, that being said, I would like to, uh, I would like to then move to the front of the pack, at least for this leg, as we're, uh, as we're, you know, shooting the carnival, uh, water balloons to make the horses go further <laughs> along. I think the horse that's in the lead right now for me is every sperm is sacred because I think the context within the movie only serves to make an already hilarious song doubly hilarious with the, I mean, they have Chinese dragons at the end, for God's sake. <laughs> this song is, and maybe it's just because I love Oliver and right, I love right. musicals. Yeah. It's so far over the top. It's so over the top. Absolutely <laughs> joyous in its lunacy. And the little girl with no teeth uh, <laughs> singing about spilling sperm and how the wicked way that is, is so effing funny. It's pretty great. It's pretty great. <laughs> and those kids wind up in heaven at the end of Meeting of Life. Mm-hmm. They're all there. <laughs> They've all died. A <laughs> uh, tidbit about that: uh, when they were shooting it, uh, Michael Palin said the word "sock," knowing that ah. uh, that they would fix it later ah, because he was okay. like, does your mouth make the same shape? I guess just uh, close enough. I guess sort of? close yeah. enough. Yeah. If it was a soft C, <laughs> um, so that's the front runner. See, for me, I, now I kind of come back to the lumberjack song, which is. Real silly, works great in the sketch, but doesn't, as we pointed out, it doesn't need the sketch. Right. And it always starts mm-hmm. with it saying, I never wanted this. I wanted to be a lumberjack. So it's got <laughs> yeah. the, the lead in of him talking about the streams of British Columbia and the mighty right. pine and, and all that stuff. And then he goes into the song. So it is, it is a self-contained bit. It, That's it, true. It, it depends how much the unwoke uh, yes. Mounties d- bother you. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> I think they look like fools. So yeah. It's okay. Yeah. 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 As long as it's the Mounties that are getting that are that we are wagging our finger at here. Yeah. I mean, there is there is the girl, the best girl, who's by his side, who's like, "Oh, mm-hmm. Randall," that runs off at the end. <laughs> but she doesn't say he's terrible. She's just heartbroken. He, he used to be so butch. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> that. That is going back to the lead-in for that. That is sort of that that song can come from absolutely anywhere. Right. Yeah. You just jump in wherever with lumberjack song. <laughs> um, um. All right. So what's the next one we're eliminating? Who, who else? What's left? Sit on my face. Knights of the Round Table. Uh. And philosopher's song. Oh man. Oh. Oh. I. I. Okay. I'm gonna take a. I'm gonna be really. <laughs> I'm going to say "Nice of the Round Table." I, th- wow, I think I think okay. it, I think it's you know it, it, iconic song is one of their most famous songs mm-hmm. and it works great in the movie. I just don't know if it's the, if it's the winner. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's a good point. It is really funny, but it doesn't work. It has the setup within the. It has to be within the film. 
It would just be sort of an odd piece outside of it. By the way, well done, guys. We just eliminated their two most famous there songs. <laughs> you know what? Nights of the Round Table and Always Look on the Bright Side. Look, I know this is not a popularity contest. Look, you might as well I just said the villain on a reality show. <laughs> just get us a bunch of cassettes because we're, we're here to tell people tell people they're wrong about what they like. <laughs> oh, so you've listened to the show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Mark, do you want to eliminate one? Uh, yes. I'm looking at this list right now, and I really want to eliminate the Lumberjack song. Whoa. But it feels... I, but every argu- every argument that has been made for it is a solid argument. Ah, it's tough. I'm going to... You know what? All right. Since we're going round robin eliminating them, I'm going to eliminate... I'm going to leave the Lumberjack song in for now, and I'm going to eliminate Sit on My Face. Okay. Okay. An excellent... Excellent song. Well, um, and they're and all well, cream at this point. It's all. Yeah. yeah, I know. Oh, I know. It's the hardest part. Yeah. Sit on my face. I'm not going to I'm gonna stop talking. Okay. <laughs> this is the part where all the people who listen to the show are going, what? Yeah. And just over and over again. <laughs> Unsubscribe. Yeah, I can't take this anymore. Dear iTunes, I never write a letter like this. However, after the disappointment of that Lady Gaga show. Um, so we have three left. Is that right? Uh, we have Every Sperm is Sacred, The Lumberjack Song, and The Philosopher's Song. Okay. <clears throat> oh man, I, I do, I do. I'm not going to eliminate the lumberjack song. I'll tell you that right now. I do like. I like the philosopher song. I like every sperm is sacred. To me, I think the philosopher song feels more Monty Python in that it's mm-hmm. super silly but also super smart at the same time and doesn't it. Even if you don't see them with the corks on their hats, wearing their shorts and stuff, dressed up as the Bruces. I think uh, I think it still works. So I'm going to eliminate every sperm is sacred. Oh, I know. Wow, I know. How I know. it's a great song. How? Yes. Oh. Think of that. Think of the toothless children. <laughs> <laughs> think of the children. The all of the children. Okay, now I just did the math. This cannot fall to me. I can't be the one. <laughs> I cannot Look, be the one Al, to pick the winner. You know we did this on purpose this way. <laughs> Eeny, meeny, miny, you. <laughs> <laughs> but as as we tell every guest who we put this through. Uh, we put through this. We did this to Nathan Fillion, and now we're doing it to you. We back you 100%. Whatever you <sighs> yeah. choose, we are with you. Uh, and, 100%, Al. And again, for everybody listening, we're not saying that we don't like any of the other songs. We're just trying to find the best. So when you have an argument with your friends, you know the answer, and they don't. Okay. So are we down to Lumberjack song and Philosopher's philosopher mm-hmm. song? Yes. Okay. Here is my decision. Okay. Okay. I think the philosopher's song is much cleverer. Mm-hmm. I think the lumberjack song is funnier. I'm going to go with funny. Lumberjack song it is. There you go. Wow. All right. There you have it. Uh, the, the uh, asked and answered the lumberjack song officially the greatest Monty Python song of all time. That's Except right. for three or four others, but, but just a few <laughs> others. Let me just say something. People of the world. We were set with an impossible task today. Jim Corbett, you held our feet to the fire, but we came through. And uh, I just think when – I can't do this. I never wanted to be a podcaster. <laughs> I wanted to be a lumberjack floating down the streams of British Columbia, the mighty pine, dum, dum, the other tree. Dum, dum, the point dum, is dum, the best dum, Monty Python song dum, in an entire dum, canon filled dum, with great songs. Listen to all of them. Get the albums. Watch the entire TV show over and over again. Watch the films. The best song they ever produced 
is about a barber who wants to be something more. Don't we all want to be our true selves? It's a song of identity. It's a hilarious song. And it features the Royal Canadian Mounted Police, who we're hoping get woke. He's occupation fluid. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Your best Monty Python song of all time is the Lumberjack song. Asked and answered. Al, thank you for joining us. My pleasure. Thank you, guys. This was such a treat, man. Um, been a fan for a very long time and what a great, uh, what a great time to have you on the show. Oh, thanks so much. Appreciate it. Yeah. Now we, we normally have, uh, people go where, tell us where people can find you. I can't imagine anybody can't find you, but anything you want to plug or tell people about, do well, it. This, this is, uh, this is coming out in March. It's okay. late March right now. Well, I'll be in my house for most of this year. Great. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're not we're not touring, so uh, there are very few places you could see me out and about. I'll be at the the grocery store, probably buying groceries at some point. Fantastic. Um, I, sh- I should probably, since you're giving me the opportunity, I should probably plug the boxed set, which is coming out oh. uh, later this year. I think I think it actually drops in November, but the pre-order is only going through the end of February, unless it gets extended. But it's it's called Squeeze Box. It's um, <laughs> All 14 of my studio albums plus an additional album of rarities. Uh, and it's Very all, cool. it's all packaged in a replica of my accordion. It's this crazy, crazy thing it's available for LP or cassette. Um, and not a cassette. <laughs> <laughs> that is a cylinder. No, it's LP and, LP and CD. But, um, but yeah, I'm very excited about it. We're doing the final touches on it now and, uh, uh, it's available, uh, online, weirdall.com or wherever you buy your box sets. Congratulations. 14 studio albums. Unbelievable. Mazel tov. Cool. Thank you. Thank you. You know what? We, we believe just, just My keep pleasure. doing it. You're, you're going to break through someday. One of these we days. Even you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> This is going to push me over the top. Maybe you'll even win several Grammys. (laughs) Um, This topic has been closed, but there's so many others, and we want you to keep telling us the arguments in life that we need to settle for you. So hit us up on email at wegotthispodcast at gmail.com or come to our Facebook group. That's facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash wegotthispodcast. Or check out the Maximum Fun subreddit. A flame war is probably happening right now. Thanks, as always, to our musicians, Jonathan Dinerstein and Mike Furman, for our score and theme song, respectively. Thank you to producer Ken Plume, researcher Kate McManus, graphic designer Uri Kelman, and QA engineer Jen Alba. And thanks to my wife for making breakfast this morning. Thank you for that breakfast. It was beautiful. Thank you for the breakfast. I wasn't here, but I heard. I was all the way out of the other side of the country. I didn't get any breakfast. Oh, you, you didn't have breakfast? <laughs> oh, no. Probably don't have you know what? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go cry into our listeners. <laughs> listeners, thank you most of all. Uh, we would not do this show without you listening. Um, and you would not give us great opportunities like this to talk with Weird Al about Monty Python. Um, bucket list. So, uh, thank you very much. Uh, for Hal Lublin, I'm Mark Gagliardi. For Mark Gagliardi, I'm Hal Lublin, and don't worry, everybody. I'm, I'm a lumberjack, and, and I'm okay. okay. And so am I. <laughs> we got this. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.